0: WNBA star Brittany Griner has been freed from Russian detention in a prisoner swap involving a notorious arms dealer after nearly 10 months in custody. Another CyHawk matchup on tap tonight at Carver Hawkeye Arena as the Iowa men's basketball team takes on 20th ranked Iowa State. Last night, the Iowa women knocked off the Cyclones 70-57, to 57, Caitlin Clark with 19 points and 8 rebounds for the Hawkeyes. They'll be back in action on Saturday hosting Minnesota. I'm Doug Thompson. For the win. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios. Where every Thursday, Bubba's boneless wings are half price. More. This is Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. <laughs>
1: Hour number two, Miller and Condon, 106.3 KXNO. As we take you up until one o'clock, we got John Lamb hanging out with us here today from Beyond Ball and Handel University. One hour down, ready for another hour here? I can't wait. We got a lot more. I want to deep dive into the Iowa State matchup with you, kind of go X's and O's with you, break it down from that perspective. But you also have a real cool event, we're going to get into that a little bit later on. And... You got the old man over here going for a walk with you, huh?
2: I mean, only if we can hold hands. Well, how That's obviously. only fair.
1: Yeah, that, that's the way it's going to be. We're going to be big time out there. and We'll talk about that a little bit later on. But we're going to get right back into the Hawkeyes right now. We talk Cyclones and now we're number one. You can find the podcast with Dave Sprout. We go to a different Dave. This is David Eichel, 24-7 com. As always, appreciate your time. David, what's happening? I know uh, this is easy for you, right? You got nothing going on. You just got your feet up taking naps all day long. There's nothing happening in the world of Hawkeye athletics, right?
0: No, not at all, man. <laughs> uh, you know, other other than the nap thing, I got about 1,000 milligrams of caffeine coursing through my veins, but that's all good. But, uh, John, good to hear from you. Hope Dude. you're doing well, and
1: I appreciate you guys having me on.
2: So excited to hear from you again, man. You know I'm following, rocking it out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Dave does a great job of obviously covering the recruiting side of things. It's a busy time happening right now with the Transfer Portal. So, Let's get into the football side of things first, and then we'll talk some basketball here with you. Kick things off. I want to start with Cade McNamara. The decision, how quickly it all came together, or at least quickly on the surface for us. Tampering. There's been certainly conversations that have been happening in the background for this one leading into the quick one. But I saw you post, and I hadn't had a chance to listen yet, Cade McNamara on a podcast talking kind of publicly for the first time about the decision to go to Iowa. And he was saying, hey, you think we're going to have a crappy offense? You just wait. It was exciting to hear. I just saw that little clip of it. Uh, Takeaways from that and just in general, Cade McNamara making his way to Iowa City.
0: Yeah, so Cade McNamara and his teammate, former teammate, could-be teammate, Eric All are both going to be in Iowa City tonight for the Iowa-Iowa State game officially visiting. But, yeah, it was very interesting to hear Cade McNamara talk for the first time about the transfer. And, you know, I, I heard John say tampering. Let's put it this way. Uh, I think there's a lot of backdoor channels people can go around, and I think John Miller summed it up best. If you're not tampering, you're not trying. And I'm not saying Iowa tampered, but, like, that's just the reality of college sports right now. With the portal. But, no, the podcast is very interesting. Caden McNamara said Iowa has a top five defense year in, year out. Their special teams are good. And what he saw with Iowa was an opportunity to flip the offense. And he said, look, the Iowa staff knows that they have to change the offense in order to compete for a Big Ten title. They want to air it out more which is something that kind of got my eyebrows raised and ears perked up. Mm-hmm. And he just said, look, I'm not coming to Iowa to be a game manager. And I think if you talk about a guy that's going to embrace being a villain role to every other team, I think Cade McNamara certainly has that sort of swagger That that I think Iowa quarterbacks of the past, I mean, just haven't had, they haven't been out there making these sort of statements. For example, like you said, he said, please say that we're going to have a crappy offense. Please keep on saying we're the worst offense in college football please think we're going to be terrible next year, please. I want that. I mean, that's not something I can remember an Iowa quarterback saying for a long, long time. So he's certainly not shying away from the spotlight. And I think that's something that's going to sort of jack up the rest of his teammates and potential future teammates. Say, Hey, look, let's go flip this around. If we're even an average offense, I think we can win the big 10 West. Honestly, they should be favored to win the big 10 West if they have an average offense next year.
1: So, It's all well and good to say those things. And McNamara, he's got swagger. He's got confidence. But he can't throw it to himself. He needs some help. And Arlen Bruce is departed. Keegan Johnson is in the transfer portal. There's not a whole lot there. Even if Niko Raggedi comes back for another season... There just isn't a whole lot of depth at wide receiver group. So what else is out there? There was a lot of talk about Sean holding the Alabama wide receiver. That one appears to be off the board at this point in time. Questions, uh, character has been kind of thrown around about him. What else wide receiver? What's the work that both he's doing and I was doing to get him some help? And yeah, guys that he can actually throw the ball down the field to.
0: Yeah, so I think there's plenty of options in the portal. I'm still waiting to see if there's a couple other names that pop in the portal because I certainly think that Iowa will take a run at a couple of them. But Iowa is also hosting Division II wide receiver Isaac Tesla uh, from Hillsdale College. Now I know people are thinking, oh, it's a D2 guy, right? But let's put it in perspective. This is a guy that's from the same college as former Iowa defenseman Zach Van – that panned out really well. And look, Isaac's no slouch. This is a guy with 68 catches for 1,325 yards, 13 touchdowns. It was his conference's Offensive Player of the Year and the team MVP. So he officially visited Iowa State last week, officially visiting Iowa this weekend. I believe he doesn't get to campus till tomorrow. Iowa has also been linked to Seth Anderson, who I believe is the son of former NFL wide receiver uh, Flip, Ander- Flip Anderson. Flip Anderson, yep. is the... Flipper Anderson, who has the most receiving yards in a single game in NFL history, I believe, with 325. So two decent targets there. Anderson also hails from North Gwinnett High School, which is home of former Iowa running back Tyler Goodson. And Iowa's also in link to trying to get Dorian Singer, who would be a tremendous get out of the portal. But that's a guy who's going to have offers from all across the board. Again, I think there's going to be a few other names. Iowa's going to continue to monitor if guys enter the portal. I certainly expect Iowa to continue to make run. I think Iowa's looking for two. I think they should get three, if not four wide receivers mm-hmm. for depth purposes and sort of restructure that. You cannot go into a game with two scholarship wide receivers in 2023. It's mm-hmm. it's unfathomable if you're going to be able to do that. But I also think Deontay Myers can take a big step next year. And if Brody Breck stays healthy, gets summer program under him, I think he can emerge as a realistic red zone target as well.
1: Do you anticipate Brody Brecht? Obviously, he's going to play baseball again this year. That is his brightest future and an opportunity to play at that next level. Do you anticipate, and especially say they just get two guys in the portal at the wide receiver position? He's anticipated to be a top four type of receiver for them. Do you think he'll play summer baseball, go play in one of the collegiate leagues, or is he going to stay in Iowa City and work on the football side of things?
0: You know, that's a great question. I haven't exactly asked around his camp yet, but I think that's something he's going to have to wrestle with because, as you mentioned, that kid is going to make a bag at professional level for baseball. I mean, they don't grow, you know, six foot four guys that can throw a hundred plus miles an hour on trees. Right. So I think he's got a really tough decision to make, but every time we've talked to Brody, he has said, look, I love Iowa football. I've grown up wanting to play college football. This is a dream come true for me. This is a guy who probably would have been drafted in the second round. even Even the first round coming out of high school had his, number not been set so high as far as guaranteed money. But I don't blame him for setting it that high mm-hmm. at the time. But, uh, you know, I don't know. But that's definitely going to be a storyline worth monitoring going forward because, remember, he wasn't exactly healthy last year, didn't play much of spring. He really didn't get his feet under him until, until fall camp.
1: A couple more on football. We'll get into the basketball side of things. Cade McNamara had surgery. Is that something that will keep him out for spring football or is that still to be determined? Uh, let's start right there.
0: I think that's still to be determined, but I would anticipate that he's going to sit out most of spring, just based on the early rumblings I've heard. I think he'll still be able to do some basic throwing stuff, I mean, try to get some chemistry at the wide receivers, learn the quote-unquote very complex Iowa offense, which <laughs> for some reason it's very difficult for Iowa quarterbacks to learn in a second, but defenses can learn in a day of practice. I'll never understand that formula, uh, and I think that's something that needs to be addressed in the offseason. I think Iowa will, but from from what I'm aware of, I think it's gonna keep him out. But you know, I don't think Cade hey, McNamara ability wise is gonna be questioned, but he is going to have to learn the way that Iowa wants to operate next year.
1: With that, changes offensively, changes within the coaching staff. We know Kirk Ferentz does not make moves in season. He has said that many times, and it is still in season for them as they'll wait to January. Do you anticipate big changes? some shuffling of deck chairs on the Titanic offensively. What do you think this is going to look like once we get through the Music City Bowl?
2: And how, how refreshing is it that that a man with his pedigree and character is continuing to grow and change? Yeah, I mean, that's what what, what are people saying yeah. over in Iowa City?
0: You know, I think it's one thing. People have always said Kirk Behrens is stubborn. I think he's proven that. But the reality is he will change. It just takes him longer than what people would like. So I think Iowa attacking the transfer portal early is a big sign of that. I think with the way, given everything's going right now, I don't think it's going to extend Kirk's career, but I don't think it's going to shorten it. But, again, you have to give Kirk credit for getting Cade McNamara very early in the process. I think Cade was the only quarterback in the portal or one of the only quarterbacks, and Iowa lured him in. So I think you need to give him a big tip of the cap there. But as far as the offense goes and the offensive staff, I've heard a number of rumors everything from shuffling around to you know, potential coaches being let go. I'm still trying to see what has legs and what doesn't. I don't blame Kurt for not waiting until after the season to make changes because you can't make changes if you don't have a plan in action. And right now the team does not get better by firing a position coach or a coordinator, for example, right? So I think that there's going to be some big changes over the course of the next month, six weeks. I think we're going to learn a lot. But the reality is, from my perception and from a national brand perspective and what the national media and everybody on the outside is going to think, I just don't see how you bring Brian Ferentz back as the offensive coordinator. I'm not, I'm not saying that he's guaranteed to move on or get fired, but just from a pure analytical number standpoint, take the last name, take Brian Ferentz and all the preconceived notions out from a pure number standpoint and how close Iowa's been to winning the West and getting to that title – I just don't see how you retain him. If Iowa retains him, they're tripling down. And I think Kirk's legacy and the way he's going to ride out into the sunset is going to be very, very dictated on the upcoming season.
2: Do, does that mean he's also not invited to Thanksgiving dinner? <laughs> and, and if so, <laughs> how does Kirk have that conversation with Brian? Oof. That's
0: a fantastic question. <laughs> and I think that's – I do not envy him having to do that, but – you know, it's also what I try to compare to is this. I mean, it, it's different circumstances, obviously, but that's like Frank McCaffrey not playing Connor or Patrick McCaffrey mm-hmm. and just benching them, no matter how bad or how, you mm-hmm. know how bad they are. But it's a little bit different from this standpoint. Connor and Patrick are invaluable to in the basketball team, and they've had big games, and It's proven on the biggest level. And Brian Harris has certainly flashed. Don't get me wrong; I mean, the Ohio State game in 2017. But we all have to go all the way back to 2017 to point that out. The 2019 Holiday Bowl, there have been some very, very good Brian Ferentz game plans, but you just need that, that median and that consistency has to be above the bottom of the bottom, and that's where Iowa's offense is stuck right now.
1: Let's get into some basketball. Iowa coming off the loss to Duke. Now it's Iowa State, obviously, tonight. Quick turnaround with it. The question, Chris Murray, will he, won't he? He was seen uh, by Mark Woodley of KWWL from Waterloo riding the elevator at the women's game, and he had a boot on the ankle. What are you hearing right now? Is this something big debilitating? Is it something that, hey, this happens a lot, guys turn ankles, they're going to have the boot on to help stabilize. What are you hearing on the front for Chris Murray injury-wise?
0: Yeah, I think that's something definitely worth monitoring, especially considering the short turnaround. I think is the biggest thing. I mean, this is, like, what, 43 hours post-Duke game mm-hmm. and flying halfway across the country doing a one-day scout, a one-day turnaround, because if he was in a walking boot, he probably wasn't practicing yesterday. Sure. And I have not confirmed that. I'm just assuming that. But it's also worth noting, I mean, and Kenny Murray put out a couple of tweets about an hour ago, and he kind of searched Chris's name, replied to a couple of people, and he tweeted, I'm just looking what's out there about his injury right now, and you said there shouldn't be anything until Iowa basketball releases a statement. If it is out there, someone leaked it. Very so
1: professional. So that
0: gives me pause. That gives me pause. And, you know, I give Kenyon a lot of credit for being professional about it. But if Iowa basketball is going to release a statement about it, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, if Chris Murray is not able to go tonight, that's going to be a huge Huge blow to Iowa's chances, especially, again, the short scout. And Iowa State's defense is absolutely suffocating this season. For a team like Iowa, who has not shot the ball well over the past four games, 25% from three-point range, not great, guys. No, not great.
1: Peyton Sanford, he's struggling with his shot. Right now, Connor McCaffrey, God bless him, really impressed shooting the ball towards the end of last year and has been good this year. But if that's the only guy on your team that can shoot the basketball, you're going to be in deep trouble.
0: No question, and I think that's going to be the thing. The thing that I've been encouraged by Peyton, though, and I don't think people are giving enough credit to him for this, he's looking for a shot consistently still. That's a guy that's going to get red hot down the stretch. He's going to have big games. It always goes back. It always regresses or progresses to the mean, as Jordan Bohan would always say. Peyton Sanford's a 40-plus percent three-point shooter, so I think that's worth noting. But he's also rebounding the ball. He's getting tip-ins. He's moving well without the basketball. He's giving effort on defense. So his wow. shot's not falling, and yes, his defense isn't to where it probably needs to be, but he's giving effort, and he's not letting his lack of perimeter shooting impact the rest of his game. But Iowa needs him to get hot. They need Aaron Euless and DeSante Bowen to continue to t- try to stretch the floor, and Iowa needs that killer, Tony inefficient Tony Perkins back. Nice. It's kind of, Grant, I think the thigh injury, or whatever injury they want to call it, has regressed him a little bit. But Tony Perkins can get back to that sort of aggressive efficiency that he showed earlier in the season. I think Iowa still has pieces to prove that they can be a really good basketball team this season.
1: Absolutely. Tony Perkins, I mean, he is the engine of that one. And and Philip Robraccia, are they running too much offense through him? I'm going to talk to Lamb about that a little bit later. But he is better offensively than we saw a year ago. I don't know, maybe it's my untrained eye, but David, what do you think? Are they doing, trying to do a little but too much offensively with Rabracha at this point?
0: You know, I don't think so, and here's why. Philip Rabracha, at times in the Duke game, was the only player that seemed to want the basketball.
1: Yeah, And that's yeah.
0: something that really stood out to me. He was trying to get and ones. He's being aggressive, and people need to give him props. He is rebounding them all so much better. He's blocking shots. He's altering shots. as an undersized five going against some impossible matchups. I think that, I don't think they're trying to necessarily run it through him, but Philip Abraja's been the most vocal guy. Give me the ball, I'm going to try to spark us. So I don't think it's necessarily a game plan. I think Iowa needs to continue to run their motion offense better. But when Iowa's three-point shooting hasn't gone down, I think it's really, really impacted the the rest of the team's mentality offensively. I think they're passing up shots. And the thing that's still out to me most about Duke, other than the missed perimeter shots, they continue to take isolation mid-range shots. That's not how you be a blue blood like Duke. That's not going to win you games in a tough Big Ten conference. If you can make them on consistent basis, good. That's not great. It's the least efficient shot in basketball. So Iowa needs to get away from that iso ball in that mid-range game. That's not the way Frank McCaffrey runs his team. So I'm very eager to see how they run their offense now against Iowa State. Because if they go into that same attitude they did against Duke, Iowa State's going by double digits in my book.
2: Yeah, I I don't think that was the Iowa team that, you know, we saw when they played Clemson. You know, I I just Mm -hmm. don't think that that was a good depiction of where they're at. How impressive has Patrick been to you? You know, he was at my gym, shoot, a couple months ago, and I looked at his body. I'm like, dang, boy. (laughs) You know, and I think that's one reason why he's starting to see some of that success and that middle ground and hit some of these shots. I, I've been incredibly impressed with Patrick.
0: No, I think he's gone through the high of highs and the low lows this season. I think Patrick, with that kind of different body that he has this season to last year, I still think that he's learning how to utilize his strength rather than, than relying on his finesse. Because in the past in high school, very finesse player, you know, fadeaways, utilizing that length and doing different things. But I also think he is getting to the point where he's big enough where he can utilize that strength, finish over the top of people, you know, go at a play a big guy's chest and try to finish through him. I think he's still coming around to that, but I I like how he's being aggressive on the perimeter. I think he's doing different things. I think he's still rebounding the ball at a better rate than he has over the past couple of seasons. I really, really want to see Patrick continue to give effort in the full court press. I want to see him, you know, continue to progress in that half court defense and use that defense to turn into offense. Because we both know, Mm -hmm. John, you've been around Patrick. He's a bucket getter. He wants to score the basketball. He's got to continue to utilize that transition defense that lead to easy opportunities at the other end. So, you know, if Chris can't go tonight, I think it's a huge, huge opportunity for Patrick McCaffrey to step up and say, hey, look, I'm not just the coach's kid. If you still think that, I'm a guy who can go out there and get 18 to 20 points and really, really put a team on, on my back. So I'm very, very interested to see how he how he comes across these next couple of games.
1: 24-7 Sports, HawkeyeInsider.com. David Eichold, he'll have it covered tonight from the game in Iowa City. David, as always, appreciate your time. And people interested, uh, subscribing to 24-7, yes. what you have at Hawkeye Insider. Just go to the websites. That's the easiest way to get involved.
0: Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Or just find my Twitter. I mean, I think I plug it way too much, but uh, you know, you got to market yourself. But uh, John, good hearing from you. Trent, I always appreciate you having me on.
2: Dude, this is better than being with Trent talking to you. Hey, how did you? And if we were to get in contact with you via phone number for your 24-7 profile, could you put that out there for us as well?
0: <laughs> uh Maybe not. I don't think the Iowa State fans will love, <laughs> <laughs> love my too much, based
1: on what I've said this year. Yeah, <laughs> <Makes it laughs> creative. yeah. see creative.
0: Oh, see you, David. See David. All right, take care, guys.
1: Enjoy the game tonight, David. Eichel, I called twenty four seven sports. He, he's a fun one and and doing great work over there. And you know, he put in a crystal ball for Trayshawn Holden, the mm-hmm. Alabama receiver. Information changed. It looked like everything was signed, sealed, and delivered, and. He came out right away and said, I got it wrong.
2: I got a little bit more money over here.
1: Well, it wasn't that. It was, I found out a little <laughs> more information about him and said, you know what? We're going to pass. We're going to look a different direction for a wide receiver.
2: Which is super encouraging because, you know, they're not going to lose themselves. They're not mm-hmm. going to lose their identity and what they stand on um, just to go get some dudes. So yeah. I like it in this, like we said at the, the front of the show, in this ever-changing, crazy world of transfers and NIL and college athletics in general, it's, it's good to see that uh, there's still a gold standard, if you will.
1: We're going to break down the game X's and O's wise. What we're going to see tonight, what the Iowa State defense, dive deeper, just more than the surface level that you know, we do on the program. You know the game at a deeper level. So we're going to pick your basketball mind when we come back. I want to dive in to the matchup with you, and then we're going to talk about what you have coming on next week. And you're getting this old man walking across a bridge. Is that what, thats what I'm doing with you?
2: Yeah, just don't jump this time, Trey. Okay, Trent. okay. There yeah. are some that care about you. Yeah,
1: that's right. That's right. We'll Few. talk about that. As we roll through, take it up until one, Miller and Condon, John Lamb hanging out with me today. 106.3. 1 800. That's off. you till 1, for and Andy, 1 to 3. Then the KXO Drive with Heather and Sean take you home until 6 o'clock. 7 o'clock tip-off tonight, Iowa, Iowa State. Looking around, it is currently still a four-point point spread in this one. Iowa favored by four. And uh, taking a look, all the different books, we always try to extract value, try to get you the best point spread. Looking at it right now, there's the three and a half out there. A couple of three and a halves, but mostly four. That's what Iowa is favored currently in this one. So I want to go X's and O's with you. John Lamb hanging out with me, Handle University, and Beyond Ball. You look at the way that Iowa State plays defensively. They're physical. Mm. They're up in you. They they do those things. But schematically, what is it about this Iowa State team? Is it it's got to be more than just buy-in, right? What are they doing schematically to make this defense so good?
2: You know, they're, they're putting their top foot in the lane. They're denying passes. I mean, they're doing so many nice things that really go unnoticed, but it's it's just fantastic teaching by TJ. You know, the the inside hand to deflect the ball, um, top foot on top foot closeouts, staying on the floor when they, when they can test shots to have better rebounding position. And they get just so physical with their their hands and even their feet. You know, not of none of them are just supreme supreme athletes, but the way they guard is just it, it's phenomenal. It, it truly truly is
1: tough defensively. On the other side, Iowa, year after year after year, they're one of the elite teams offensively in the country. And yes, against Duke, it didn't go well. What is it about Fran? What does Fran do that makes them year after year? The parts change. Yes, they've had stars, of course, all Americans with Keegan Murray, and before that with Luca. But they were still an elite level offensive team even before having all American candidates. So, what is it? What does Fran teach that makes them so good year after year offensively?
2: Well, this is really old school, TC, but Fran maybe maybe does the best job at giving freedom with a with a short leash with a lot of grace mm-hmm. and his players just love playing for him yeah they they have confidence you know they they obviously do tremendous drill work you see the growth and the development of every player that's that's an Iowa Hawkeye under Fran he gets the most out of them he he really does and then you know you talk about their transition you talk about their ability to shoot the basketball although it hasn't been great this year they, they they'll come around fran just literally loves them into into buckets mm-hmm. that's really what it is and he, he he has to be one of the best in the country at it you know i mean how do you take a kid like you know luca and make him play yeah. how do you take those murray and it it is 95% you know the Murrays don't get me wrong but when you're under that tutelage of of a guy like Fran I mean even he's just so laid back and chill you know if I'm in his office he's just kind of you know John you know just so like <laughs> it's 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 a great thing to see um a guy like that being such a great leader to to these young athletes
1: I want to ask you about this so we see big jelly right Joshua Gundley.
2: Big Jelly, that's his nickname.
1: Well, that's the nickname that me and my text group have for him. I don't know if that's something that's across the board. You that's what wa- I call him.
2: You might want to get that trademark, Big buddy. Big that's, that's worth some dollar signs.
1: He comes in. I thought he gave him a couple mm-hmm. good minutes against Duke. We saw that last year against Purdue, against yep. Indiana. There were a couple of times that he came in. He's not a guy that you're going to play 20 minutes a game. I get that.
2: I don't think he could.
1: He could, he just wouldn't be very effective. He'd be slow getting up and down the floor after a while, and he and have that. So he comes in there, though, and he busts it for a three-minute stretch. You do that, and especially tonight. You know, Robert Jones, how about that skyhook he had oh my, last week? Oh, my
2: Kareem.
1: He, he's got a little something, and, and we know about Asuni. I mean, he's a really talented guy and a great defender. Is this a game tonight where Fran's going to have to hit the big jelly button? Get him out there for a three minute run, maybe two of them in the first half, one in the second half. Could you see a Gundele being eight, nine, ten minutes tonight? And even in that kind of role, can he still be impactful?
2: Yeah, I think he's going to play similar minutes to what he did against TCU. He played 11 against TCU. He had an assist. He took up space. He, you know, they ran the ball through some screens. I mean, he has to because. These players, especially if Murray's out, they need a oh, little bit of, they need to get their win back. You know, they need to, and the the two-day trip from Madison Square Garden and the late flight. I mean, I could see him getting 15, you know, but I, I think he's going to be better and better every game. That's how I'll say
1: it. So Josh Dix, we also saw him a little bit late in the game yeah. against Duke. Coming off that just devastating leg injury from a year ago, one of the... That was... It was gross. Horrid. It, it really... It was bad to see. But what a
2: tough kid. He's a, he's an amazing young man.
1: So he's he's got some bounce to his game. I remember us talking about him and seeing him for yep. the first time, and he's not... You think of some of the past guys. Brady Ellingson, Josh Oglesby. There's a little more lift to his game. Now, will that athleticism that we saw before came back at the same level? You're not exactly sure at this point, but... Is he a guy right now that you can even count on for a four-minute run each half? Or even that, is that too much? And what kind of player could he be in that kind of role for this year's Iowa team? Because this is not nearly as deep as most of Fran's teams.
2: No, it's not. But the truth is, he's going to get an opportunity. He's young. Okay, He's, he's able. He's going to be good. He he truly is going to be good. So I know Fran wants to throw him a bone, give him a couple minutes, you know, let him do his thug thizzle, whatever it is, <laughs> because we know the upside. Yeah, he can shoot the basketball. Mm-hmm. You and know, they need that, and he's sneaky athletic like Gazelle was. You know, come through the middle and pop. You know, dunk right on him. And he's just he's he emulates everything that that the program stands for: tough worker, gets his job done.
1: I got one more for you. Back to Iowa State, and that's Trey King. Of course, we haven't seen him yet. You know you know TJ, you know the coaches, you talk to a lot of people there, obviously involved, as you were with the Iowa State program. So what do we know about this guy? He was a bucket getter when he was at Eastern Kentucky. He can score mm-hmm. six, seven. can hit shots from the outside in. With the t- way this team is built, they're built defensively, they can use a little more scoring punch out there. Is it realistic for Trey King to come in when he's eligible coming up here in, what, just over a week? Yep. When he comes out there and he is a bucket getter, he's going to hit the ground running and he's going to be ready to go right away.
2: Yeah, well, obviously, uh, I want to tip my hat to the Ohio Valley Conference. Yes, I spent three I years there. That was our rival, Eastern Kentucky. Yeah. Um, it's good basketball, right? And he can shoot the rock and he plays even bigger than a six, seven frame, um, high percentage, rebounds down. steals, 1.2 blocks. He's active. That's what it tells me. And and against the Xavier Musketeers, he had 13 rebounds. Wow. So, you know, the Big East, the Big 12, the Big whatever, Big Mac. You know, it it doesn't matter to him. He's going to be fearless. I'm sure he's chomping at the bit to get out there. Mm -hmm. Um, And more importantly than anything, TJ doesn't get anybody that's going to be a a fluke. Mm -hmm. That's not what TJ does. You know, when I was at Iowa State, he would drink diet coke diet coke and I, we were always we, you didn't need it he was already ready I mean so <laughs> now it's got to be amplified by a million um so he wouldn't put him out there there wouldn't be talk about it he wouldn't have recruited him in the first stance but I think it's gonna be cool it's kind of like the dark horse you know like as as the guy from Arkansas gets hurt mm-hmm. right now here comes a new you know who knows but I, I really am, am impressed with TJ and, and Iowa State they, they're just an incredible program and do you think he plays? What do you think? I, I think Whose minutes does. does he take? That's the only thing well, that kind of and that's what you got to figure out. Right? Yeah,
1: you got to figure out what the rotation is going to be. Yeah, you know, we saw Hassan Ward, the uh, VCU transfer. Mm. His minutes have kind of depleted here a little bit. Is it there? Do you see a couple other guys that start to drop back a little bit, but. They he guys that can get buckets. And yep. what he did in the past, he was that kind of guy. But the other thing is, if he comes in and that's just all he is, is an offensive guy and he's not playing on the other end of the floor. Well, he won't play. He won't be playing much for TJ. And, and we certainly know that component. All right, last thing for you. John Lamb, hanging out with us here from Handel University and Beyond Ball. Coming up next Wednesday, you got a real cool event going on. You're going to be taking a long walk across the city, starting at your gym at Beyond Ball over in Urbandale on 121st Street and going all the way across Des Moines and ending a prairie and uh, an Altoona. So take us in just the thought process behind it. And and the biggest thing funds that are going to be raised right now, helping purchase winter coats for kids in our community.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, you know, me, man, You, you gotta be a doer. It's not just being a talker. And I was shuffling some ideas around and I woke up one morning and I was like, Hmm, let's do coats you know our 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 mainstay is dental assistance medical assistance act prep um food you know travel lodging we assist with taking kids on college visits so they have a little bit of an upper hand we 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 try to do anything we can you yeah. know we were blessed this last year to be voted um urbandale chamber of commerce best nonprofit and you know it's it's our team over there it's so cool but this year uh, first year ever i was like you know Let's outwork them. That's what we do best. So I'll be walking from the coal mine in Urbendale, 121st Street, um, all the way across our city. And you know, it was it was an idea of crossing out the cold, crossing over the ball. I'll be dribbling it um, the whole way. It's approximately seventeen miles. It's sixteen, and I'll have different people along with me each each mile, and people from the community. Basketball people, um, obviously you, famous people. Um, and I and I'm just going to try to raise money for for kids that don't have coats, you know, and and what better way to swim in that water than be outside. I'm just hoping it's not snowing, dude. Right.
1: Have you taken a look uh, at the advanced forecast yet?
2: I have. I How, don't, how's it looking? It looks fair.
1: Decent forty-one to fair
2: plus. What yeah. I thought I saw thirty-seven. Oh, okay, well, twenty-nine got, to thirty-seven. I got
1: forty-one here.
2: Are the numbers backwards or no? Down? We're good. We're good. Then
1: 41. we're fine. I, I w- might be wearing shorts.
2: I was told, yeah, and what? Yeah, right. I was told that I'm just not supposed to do it if it's below or at eighteen degrees.
1: You're good. You are good. He got this knocked out.
2: You could do some side bets if it snows. Right. Does he even make it? you'll make how many oh buddy you bet your sweet bottom i will how many blisters do i get but no just trying to do something cool raise some raise some money for some coats and who knows right hopefully not get hit by a car <laughs> but that. that was my my wife's only only hiccup <laughs> is there sidewalks because i was gonna walk around you know the bypass and uh-huh. i started going it's like dang that's like 40 some miles i yeah, can do, do that, that. And uh, so I'm like, all right, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give this a shot. So, welcome. Well, anybody's welcome to join me. Shoot me a wanna personal message. Yeah. yeah, put
1: some money down. Help, help out here, and and obviously get codes to kits that needed in our Correct. community. What's the best way to do it? Is it, is it to find your website? a yeah. Facebook page. Where where can you find it?
2: Facebook, Instagram. You could email me, DM me, whatever. Let's let's get involved. Let's get connected. Let's uh, make others better. You know, let's do it together. So. Are you ready, TC? I'm ready. Which mile do you want?
1: Well, I got to do it after the show. Uh-huh. So finish up here at 1, meet up with you probably say 1.30 or so.
2: Do you want a little incline? Do you want no. a little down? <laughs> no,
1: you're okay? Give me downhill. You sure? Yeah, get, get this big body rolling down the hill. That would be rolling. a lot better for me.
2: We'll call you Big Jelly one day if, you, if, if <laughs> that's, that's right. how you feel.
1: Absolutely. Well, that's great stuff again. It's called Crossing Over the Cold with Beyond Ball and John Lamb. Happening next Wednesday, December 14th. It'll start 8 a.m. at Handel University, 4020 121st Street in Urbandale. And finishing up at Prairie Meadows in Altoona, 17 miles. And you can help donate. You donate just $2 a mile. It'll help require, acquire a coat for a kid in our community. Crossing over the cold, find it, and uh, just search Beyond Ball, and you'll see more information pop up about that. Quick timeout. We'll put up our picks of the day mm. when we come back, and we'll get John Lamb's picks for tonight's CyHawk hockey. Oh, buddy, tough. I'm putting tough. the pressure on you.
2: Tough. tough. It's going to be a great game.
1: Looking forward to it yeah. as we continue here. Miller and Condon. Slash Radio. Back to Miller and Condon on KXNO and Trent's pick of the day presented by Circus Sports Iowa. All right, final minute here as we wrap things up. Trent got joined by John Lamb. I'm going to make my picks, but you're the guest. You go first. Who you got, I or well, Iowa State? Well, that is just so kind
2: of you. Okay. With Chris Murray, without Chris Murray. Ah,
1: uh-huh. comes down to that, right?
2: Yeah, it has to, yeah.
1: And we'll find out more about that as we get closer to this one. Nothing official out there gives it a go, and if he does give it a go, even how effective is he going to be? I took this in the opener last night when it came out at DraftKings at six. I have that bet locked in. I know that's not available. I would tell you if you like Iowa State, take them on the money line. I don't know if I don't think point spread is going to be involved here. I think if they do win, they're going to win it. If it's tight, I think they will win it. Because of that, I would suggest money line. I do like the under in this game. Style dictate fights. Two other picks tonight. UMass Lowell. They're good. They take on UMass tonight. They're pulling the upset against Frank Martin's team.
2: Negative. You get Negative three Negative Ghost Rider. No, Mm-mm.
1: no. UMass Lowell. How about that for a pick? And the under in the NFL to- game tonight, Rams and the Raiders. We're out of time. Thanks, John Lamb. Back with you tomorrow. Ken will be back in tow. Coming up next is Murph and Andy. Caxado Drive with Heather and Sean. Take you home. Enjoy the game tonight. We'll talk to you tomorrow.